Welcome to <laughs> fucking Barden Day. Medicine for the Dead, episode 10. We made it, dudes. 10 weeks in a fucking row. We made it. That's right. Double digits. Yeah. Woo! Oh, but first, I'm BJ. I'm Christian. I'm Josh. And I'm Matt. Well, luckily, we're joined <laughs> by a very special guest this week. Yes. Do you, of, do you have a special guest? One of the most <laughs> specialist ever. Jake, you want to introduce the special guest? <laughs> <laughs> All the way from... No, no, I don't. No, I don't. All right, so here, here's the background on this fella. Um, so I've known Josh and Jake. Jake is our guest today uh, for, what is it, 20 fucking years now? At least. At least 20 years. Maybe and, going on 50. And we've done this weird thing throughout our entire lives together where we... Regardless of age, we would just always talk about fucking politics. Like, we are the nerdiest. Does any other group of people do that that young? I, I feel like it was a weird thing to have so many of us in such a small place all doing that all the time. Well, I also think that, like, in every social group in, in college, you've got, like, the, the mom and dad. And I think that we just had three dads. In that group. <laughs> so, like, we were just weird down to talk about our 401ks and the, the state of our nation. Yeah. So I have some, I'm just going to give one specific memory with Jake just to kind of set the, uh, set the mood. We were in Josh's apartment in Bethesda and we used to do a thing where I would get off of work and I would bring a brown bag of Jack Daniels over every single Friday and we would drink the whole bottle of Jack Daniels. So one specific night I remember being in the, the, what would you say, the, the, the threshold of Josh's kitchen? And Jake and I were standing there having a conversation about some, probably Bush or some stupid shit that was happening at that point. And at some point, we just decided that pants weren't necessary. So then it was a pantsless conversation. And then we kept drinking and kept having the pantsless conversation. And we woke up in the threshold of the kitchen <laughs> after blackout. Pantsless. Count. Pantsless, yes. So we stayed there for like six hours. Fucking <laughs> the poor oh, threshold. God. What a threshold it was. And we had a, there was a ring around the, the cabinets of Josh's kitchen of all the bottles of Jack we drank. And it got so many, it was like too deep all the way around the entire perimeter of the kitchen. The thing about that cabinet ring, though, is that you would line the bottles up and you could watch our preferences throughout the ages because there would be Jack Daniels for miles and then a huge gap where we didn't touch it again or you know <laughs> vodka for days and days and days and then like not again for an entire wall space like yeah. you could see you could see the very moment that we had a very bad night and not again for a while well B bj regularly bans certain alcohols when he uh runs into them uh incorrectly during the podcast too so well i could see how it's, it's always old, a reconciliation it's trick. though it's an old trick. true 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 i mean we were doing what were you doing tequila or what were we drinking at your house the other night josh that was the shot that i took because i took shots too yeah it was tequila god damn it it was, it was the same tequila we drank uh, last week with jimmy <laughs> i was gonna say i hope yeah, you weren't right. doing shots of scotch i was basically yeah, I was gonna was. Say, we're good scotch. Straight you, scotch yeah you keep saying no tequila bj and then you keep drinking well you know when in rome drink tequila. to be fair tuesday night was <laughs> rough for a little while there it was a rough night on Tuesday. It was so it's, rough. It's, it's funny that you say that because I have never been more hungover than the morning after the 2004 election. So you talk about Josh's apartment. That was my that was my apartment, too. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot you lived there. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the uh, I had the smallest cubby. Um, right. But Josh and I spent that entire election night uh, just drinking 
heavily as the returns came in. And I have never, I've never been more ill than the next day. And, uh, you know, not to spoil a conversation, but leading up to Tuesday, I was a little worried that I was going to put that in danger. <laughs> I, I yeah, did. Dude. I was a little worried the fact that we had planned to have you on this week, that we were just going to rehash 2004 because there were a lot of like <laughs> vibes going on from 2004. But, you know. What's old is new again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here we are. Still wearing flannel. Schlesinger theory. That's what it is. <laughs> so, yeah, 04, 04 was the first election I ever gave a shit about. That was grad school and me and all my nerdy friends being like, of course Bush isn't going to get reelected. Because we think he's terrible. And then I was introduced to that's not how that works. And <laughs> fast forward to 2016. No idea what you're talking yeah. about. No idea. No, none, yeah. none. So the reason we had Jake on today is Jake has always been an astute political observer and always has like, I just, it, shit just falls out of my goddamn face with no structure. It's just like, ah! and Jake goes, oh, I think you mean this incredibly articulate thing. And then takes what I said, <laughs> forms it into sentences and paragraphs and adds punctuation. And then I'm like, precisely. <laughs> uh, BJ, BJ, I think you mean I'm full of bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you, make, you make my Man. bullshit taste better. Dude, you fit in so well in this group. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing is, BJ, is that, you know, I went, I went to school at American. I have a degree in political science, uh, which which means basically that I have a BA in BS. Yeah, there it is. There you go. It's a thing. So indeed, let's go ahead and, uh, and dive into this thing here, because what thing? Something happened thing? recently. <laughs> oh, we uh, beat back fascism with a with the Biden stick. Yeah, we did. We did do that. Let's is, it, about- is it official? It's Did not, we? It's not it's official. Not, I mean, not yet. Okay, by the time yet. people hear this, it will be official. No, next I called week, it yeah. on Wednesday. What if, what if it's fucking not, though? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, that's possible. It's not possible. It's pretty it's unlikely statistic. The only, the only conceivable outcome where it's not over is if it's <laughs> if the Supreme Court gets involved. But there's okay. no reason for the Supreme Court to get involved. I, I would like, I would like to have that conversation, but, but. Hang on, because I feel like you're you're running. I'm to jumping the end. way ahead. You're yeah. jump way ahead. Yeah, yeah. Can, we, we got notes me, here. You gentlemen, uh, you know, I I listen with with uh, adoration. I I spend time alone in the dark listening to your voices. I I am <laughs> so one much. of the seventy six people that the intro. Oh no! To. With and uh, with those kind of words, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> so, guys, I you know I I. Forgive me, I haven't I haven't seen the uh, the live show yet because I was busy drinking myself. Um, but I just want to check in on you. How are you doing? How were you feeling coming into Tuesday, up through when the returns started to come in? <laughs> Who wants to start there? How I don't know, but you but you feel? see how like he he has a podcast as well, and he just outdid the shit of us. <laughs> he just turned it <laughs> the around. Shit of us, and huh? The shit. I can't even speak anymore. He just like fucking speaking took it over. Now? God. What, I, what I BJ means now. is that I'm a jerk. <laughs> but you're my favorite kind of jerk. <laughs> no, so, but like, because I'm, uh, you know, I'll, I will certainly get into it. But I'm curious, like I was I was an absolute ball of emotions up high, down low. But I, I'll tell you, after 2016, while 2016 election was happening, I thought to myself, there is no chance that this that this uh, used car salesman can be elected to the presidency. There's just no way that the US electorate, that many people can get fooled by this. Yeah, some some people are crazy enough to buy in. 
some people are taken in by the novelty and think it'd be funny to throw their vote away, but it just can't happen, right? It can't happen against lover, hater, indifferently against a candidate who was a first lady, a secretary of state, a U.S. senator, and by all accounts, well qualified for the job. Again, outside of uh, outside of her personality and whatever hack job Fox News had done to her for a generation, yeah. but there's no way that can happen. And then when it happened, I said, oh, my faith in humanity and also my country was ill-placed. Okay, won't make that mistake again, no problem. So when this election you know, season started ramping up, I thought, no, there, there's, there's no reason to believe that people will not be idiots again, right? That all, all hope is lost, you know, get, get your passport out, it's, it's time. Um, and I just went like in ups and downs and waves and, and you know, right before Tuesday, like I was sick to my stomach you know, for just like hours, every time I thought about it. Um, and so it was really hard as Tuesday night unfolded. You know, I ended up going to bed about three in the morning when I realized that the returns weren't going to change between then and, and you know, when I needed to be at work. Um, but I like, I, I, I wonder about your guys' experience. Like, how was your experience leading up to and then on the night as far as like where you were emotionally? Jaded. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I mean, we talked about leading up to the 2016 election. Um, you expressed that opinion to me, and I was skeptical because I have never had faith in the American electorate, uh, and I thought there was a better than decent chance that Trump was going to win in 2016, particularly going up against Hillary Clinton, because they couldn't have had more different messages, and they couldn't have taken the temperature differently of where the country was after eight years of Obama, I felt. Well, they had so much um, time to assault her, too. Like like Jake just said, he had yeah, they, I mean, an, right, an like entire to Jake's generation point, of shit talk. Like, right. They've been, yeah. they've been attacking her since before she was first lady. Like, they were getting, th this has been a long build. Well, that's, um, but I don't want to, I don't really want to talk about Hillary Clinton tonight. <laughs> if we can avoid it. Yeah, this, uh, the only thing I'll say is I just did, you know, kind of going off of what you were saying, like, I, I suspected that, that uh, she would lose and that Trump would actually get in office. It, I just don't understand why everybody forgot how much people hated Hillary Clinton for decades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I mean, and so coming into before the pandemic and the way the the uh, the primary process was playing out, I was pretty confident that Trump was going to win again, just because of the way that like the media had appeared not to learn really a single lesson from 2016, um, and things were just kind of chugging along. But the pandemic really flipped everything on its head in terms of it exposed not only everything that was wrong with the, the it, what's going on within this country, not necessarily exposed it, but it, it just like pulled the scab off and every everything that had, had been building up for generations, not just in the presidency, but the, the fault lines had just started to uh, to shift. And I felt like he in particular was exposed for the, the car salesman, the fraud that he is and the con man that he is. And obviously, you know, going in, we didn't know how effective that was going to take. And the polling we were not confident in coming in, but like, how are they going to fuck that up? Twice, you know, twice after how badly they fucked it up in 2016. How are they going to do that again? So there was a certain degree of confidence coming in. But no, like I, I totally agree with what Jake was saying. It's like there was no like level of relaxation and like, oh, this is in the bag. 
So yeah, I, I never, I, I never believed that that polling was remotely right. I knew he wasn't going to win fucking Texas and Florida. And, and, Texas and is even an interesting thing. We should get back to that. But yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like like even North Carolina, the state that I, I voted in, um, I, I knew that the, the likelihood of how many times in any of those <laughs> oh, at least 12, 13, you know, clearly. But um, it, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. I expected it pretty much exactly what we're seeing, which was a comfortable um, winning of the popular vote and a tight electoral college race. Not as tight as I actually thought it was going to be. If he takes Pennsylvania and Georgia and Nevada, then it's going to be a bigger margin. When? When? The word you're looking for is okay. when. Okay. All right. All good. But still, like that seems more this, – the current scenario is a whole lot closer to what I just assumed was going to happen than you know what they were saying, which was just totally ridiculous. Like – they don't talk to people it, like how how in the world can he have that many people at those rallies, even though nobody should be in contact with each other, you know, right now, if somebody wasn't fucking voting for him. I mean, it, it just it didn't make any sense that, that they thought that they were only polling people that were going to. I don't know what the fucking parameters of that shit is. Yeah. It's and not we can get right, into polling, but there's there's uh, there's been a lot of talk about how just there's a certain level of embarrassment. Um, in, with with Trump voters uh, who will not say they're going to vote, but th- I don't even think that's the biggest thing. I think just people don't an- like. I don't answer the phone when it's a number I don't know, and like, who's going to be like, especially a Trump voter or a Trump supporter? They're not interested in responding to these poll requests or emails or calls or or texts or whatever. So yeah, I mean, how would they these polls be accurate? Uh, like, there's just been such a level of shame uh, cast upon the Trump voter in, in polite society <laughs> that uh, what reason would they have to admit that that's what they're doing? I guess. It's, it's... Yeah. The, I, I've, I've seen media outlets call it the, the shy Trump voter, but I do think it's yeah. shame, right. I, I yeah. do think that that Trump specifically breaks polls. It'll be interesting to see what happens in 2024. And I, I want to get mm-hmm. back to what it's, what's going to happen in 2024 later. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2024 specifically about polling, because yeah. you'll be able to identify was this a specific I'm ashamed of how I feel about Donald Trump? <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or is it a, a left turn as far as how polling works in the United States? Right? right. Is it an issue of technology? Is it an issue of, of you know, 19th century uh, and 20th century techniques not being good enough? Or is it this exact moment and, and uh, right. you know, everything will go back to just an aberration after that aberration excuse me well what's crazy too in that is like if you look at the actual voter turnout like everyone was freaking out because biden surpassed uh obama's 08 numbers right trump also everybody's trump also surpassed obama's 08 numbers that's fucking nuts. yeah the the two people with the most votes in the history of our country are currently biden and trump and that's pretty fucking insane and just that's that's insane. I just looked it up, and Obama's was sixty nine million four hundred eighty nine thousand five hundred sixteen, and Trump currently is at seventy million three hundred thirteen thousand one hundred thirty eight. So that's just yeah. that's fucking bananas. Yeah, like that's. I, I, I think. I'll, I'll, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. No, I, I I think that's one of the things that's crazy is how many people have voted for Trump. Right. How many how many people, the sheer number of people, it would be one thing to say. You know, it would be one thing to say this country rose up in a single voice and repudiated the things that we saw for the last four years. 
I, I am of an age where as a young person, I read my history books and said, oh my God, how did all these good people let something so bad happen? You know, whether it was the 1960s here in the United States or the 1930s in Germany, we're not seeing the reaction of, of a, a populace rising up against something that's bad. We're seeing a lot of the populace rising up to support that. Right. And we're seeing also just a little bit more of a lot of the populace, you know, trying to put a stop to it. The stakes are so high in this election. Yes, for the people that uh, find Trump to be abhorrent, but also the stakes are high for the people that are really digging what's been going on since 2016. Yeah, that's a yep. good point. I, a, I think that that's something that, well, it's something that we, like, we are having a hard time having a discussion about. So the, the biggest thing that I've heard with reasonable interviews, like the NPR interviews I've heard with people that were planning on voting for Trump, and they're like, well, how do you feel about the these things that he says or these things that he does? And almost undoubtedly, the two things that they say are pro-life. That's usually the, the, their, their big lean. And then the other thing is, well, he's bad on personality, but good on policy. That's what they say. Now, th th they've been sold this idea that, that his policy is somehow massively benefiting. Him. I, I don't think they have the numbers to back any of that up, but they are forgiving his horribleness because they think they're going to get something out of it. That is abhorrent. That part's abhorrent, but it's not Trump that's abhorrent. It's 70 million people. Right. So because Trump, <laughs> Trump is powerless without the people that, that eat it up. Yeah. Right. Trump is a Rorschach test. He really is. So like you can as ascribe whatever, your values are to him and he himself will essentially validate those he will not tell you any no matter where, what your background is or what your beliefs are whatever you say you believe as long as it's presented in a lens that validates your support of him he is accepting of it and he'll welcome you into the fold with with open arms yep. the, the troubling thing for me though is that not every trump supporter is a bigot right not every trump supporter yeah. is a racist it's just that for every Trump supporter, that's not a deal breaker. Yeah. And that's that's right. hard for me, right? Particularly right. if you know those people, some of them have real strong faith beliefs, have real strong values that the Republican Party either still does or used to represent. And to watch the mental and emotional gymnastics that go into full th full throated unapologetic support against, you know, stated values that that's a really difficult thing to watch and say guys you you, you got to see that that's a problem well denial is is extremely powerful though because i've i have i have a couple of friends who some, are trump supporters and you know there's a common sentiment it's like oh well no one ever accused donald trump of being racist before he ran for president yeah. it's like uh no <laughs> yes they have his entire like a whole career. court yeah right yeah. yeah it's it's well documented that he's been you know this, this is something that has been uh you know, attached to him his entire time in public life, which has been essentially sure, his right. entire life. Josh, 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 you don't get to star in cameos in Home Alone 2 if you're a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Such a wholesome flick. Well, it, it goes back to the same shit we always fucking talk about, is if you live in a media bubble that isn't the one that we exist in, which is... <laughs> you, know, you don't live in our media bubble. You don't live in our media bubble. Yeah, we're, we're a part of that bubble. But, we, but fucking... Uh, you know what? I'll, yeah, defend, I'll defend us in a second. But when, if you if you look at those fucking, <laughs> if you look at those the, the media 
the, the things that we're talking about literally don't exist. They don't discuss them. So it's like you can almost you can put your head in the sand and just hide. And it's fine. You know, it's it's because uh, well, once you start believing some of the crazy shit that comes out of his mouth, it becomes easier to digest the rest of it. Right. So like every conspiracy theory leads to another conspiracy theory. Right. And before then, it's just it's it seems so exhausting, doesn't it? Josh, like, you're how- only you're only saying that because since you were abducted by aliens, you've never been the same. <laughs> I told you that in confidence. <laughs> well, have, have you guys seen um, have you guys seen that map of the electorate um, uh, that that shows like okay, so it lumps people of color all into one group, and the entire country is that's blue. good. That's the always been a good idea. Um, <laughs> uh, right, right. Well, now they they explain why. Let me get to the end of that. They explain okay, why. sorry. They then did they didn't no. That's a good. That's a valid point, and they addressed it. But then they did it by women, and it was about three quarters blue. Uh, and then they did it by is it um, a blue binder, um, right? And then they did um, uh, they did it by Caucasian, and that was like majority red with a couple of blue spots. And then they did white males, and it was like 100 percent red. And like you know, these are percentage of votes, right? And at the bottom, one of the things that they noted was that the reason they listed all people of color into one category is no matter how they divided it up, it was always still all blue. So. And and it spoke to the fact that just under eighty percent of the country is still considered Caucasian. So we are experiencing the effects of uh, of an inherent level of at least racial distrust, if not racism. Right? I mean, that's just in that moment that has to be true. No way. Have, <laughs> but but I'm I'm saying that in a way so as to give a little bit in the other direction where they don't. A lot of these people don't consider themselves racist, and they would fight that they're not. And and I want to I want to have that discussion in a way with these people where we we point out evidence that shows yeah. it, it, it might not be conscious, but it's real. And and I mean I get I it get isn't that's conscious. Like, that's the big I get thing. that's like a right. And I, I know that's me being lovey and and trying to right. to, to and mend something. But what do you mean like, these people? <laughs> <laughs> I mean me, my fucking people. <laughs> can I can I ask a question about the election? So we we talked about you know today's Friday, the election was Tuesday. It's Tuesday part three. Right now it looks like uh, it, it's, it's it still looks fucking like, March as far as I'm. Yeah, concerned. it's March thirty first today, right? <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks like Biden has has enough votes, but I, I you know I don't think that the election is over for for a couple of reasons, right? First, because Trump is not going to go down without a fight. And he's not going to concede. Right. There right. will be no concession. Yeah. No. And and, yeah. and that's going that's going to present itself in um, un-American behavior. And by that I mean, you know, he's already been telegraphing the fact that he he won't accept the results of the election if it doesn't go his way. But then also, which it has litig- litigation, right? Frivolous litigation can keep a lot of things tied up as as long as possible. But but let's just assume for a second that the election, um, supported by math supported by American democracy and is supported by all the rules of physics that, that uh, you know, dictate reality in this world, say that, that Biden wins. And we, we get to the point where Trump can't get to the Supreme Court and, and uh, do, do something crazy. How dangerous is an angry Trump between November and Inauguration Day? Extremely. Extremely extreme. I, I, I will argue that he will be much more dangerous as not President Trump over the next four years, soaking up tons of bullshit constantly. So 
totally want to have that conversation because I I agree with you, but just, just think about November to, you know, January January 21st, what does a a unrestrained, angry, defeated, backed into a corner man with, with the power and the bully pulpit look like, because we have seen behavior beyond the pale for three and a half years. And the media's, you know, wag their finger and cluck their tongue at him. But we're going to see some shit. We are absolutely going to see some shit over the next two months if, uh, you know, if if the adults in the room don't get to him. And I think that's damaging for the for the, you know, American uh, system. I think it's I think it's damaging to to the mechanisms that, um, you know, adult behavior has kept going for 200 years. Well, it's also like it's 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 proved something that none of us really thought was an issue is that there's all these things that are supposed to keep our politicians in line that are just sort of suggestions and you Decency. don't have to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like abiding by subpoenas. <laughs> yeah, they have just there's no tooth to anything like there's they have to rethink the entire process. So like what. Trump's a, a figure. I think if he's actually like like solidly defeated and Biden is going to be inaugurated in January, I don't. I, he can go two ways. Either he quits and goes fuck you. I'm going to Russia because he's also there's enough legal stuff on him. But I don't he's not going to go to Russia. I know he's not going to do that. I just want him to do that and <laughs> die there. But I don't know, man. He's he's, he's such a he's such a unpre- he's predictably unpredictable in all the worst ways. It's like the worst. He still case has. Scenario. He's entirely predictable. He's entirely predictable. So many allies, dude. There's still so many people that there are. There's 70 fucking million people that wouldn't let him be. So here's, you know, here's why this is. And when I say the election is over and I'll get uh, I'll circle back to the these next two and a half, three months, whatever it is, uh, you know, I'll I'll leave the math to the poll counters. Um, (laughs) But the reason why. He has no leg to stand on in terms of contesting the results of this election, which, yes, they haven't been officially announced by the media, um, but for all intents and purposes, it's over. Um, And the reason I say that is because there's no way to successfully argue that the results of the presidential election are incorrect while accepting the fact that they did not lose the Senate. And because because the Republicans did not lose the Senate and they had a better than anticipated showing, they they're. I think you're going to start seeing, I mean, obviously not Lindsey Graham or, or Ted Cruz, who are sycophants and probably plotting a run in 2024 and will either seek the, uh, you know, approval or um, endorsement of, of Trump in 2024, assuming he's not in prison or I think, dead. I think you um, mean ordaining. Right. Whatever. <laughs> or, I mean, if Trump's not, if he's not in prison or dead in 2024, he's going to run again. I, I, I firmly believe that. I don't know that he'll have the same level of success, but we this election has proven one thing and we'll see. We'll do the autopsy later once we get all the more information and, and like results of de- demographics. We'll, we'll only do the opto- autopsy if he's dead. <laughs> so let, let's oh he's dead yeah for sure let's pivot to um to georgia real quick because jake brought up some good- but wait let me let me get back to oh. let me get back to that so like my point is that once we once the people who are now in charge of the senate and and mitch mcconnell hasn't come out he's issued like a uh you know declined to comment on the the crazy press conference that trump tried to have and all the networks started to cut away so people are just starting to tune him out and they're starting to move away from him and that could have a positive effect in the ter- in the sense that like you know if 
you just let the baby cry himself to sleep or whatever, <laughs> or or he could get enraged and just start throwing a fit. Um, he could try to escalate tensions overseas, which is one of the things that he still has the power to kind of do at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm very I'm very nervous to, to I, Jake's point. Like with the, I, the I don't I don't think the right. I don't think the right uh, metaphor is letting the baby cry itself to sleep. You know that giant hole in Russia that scientists lit on fire a couple of decades ago just to see what would happen? That that thing is still burning. Right? That thing is still raging, and that's Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, in 2016, in November, we lit him on fire to see what would happen, and that is still burning. Yeah. That's, that's the metaphor. Yeah, that's not going away. That's not no. going away. Trump Trumpism is alive and well, even though the witch is dead. So then what do you think and, happens and, if, in terms of like the legal battles he's going to have post presidency? Like, do you think that's going to slow him down or speed him up? It depends. I, I, I think he's going to be indicted so. with I think he's going to be indicted too sweet after he's out of out of office. <laughs> I think there'll be there will be a little bit of a, a, a grace period just to like, you know, let him settle. Let him feel a little bit comfortable with that he's gotten out. But I think the Southern District of New York is just ready to fucking go. And as soon as it's like acceptable socially and it's and it's important that it's the Southern District of New York as opposed to uh, the Justice Department um, and a federal investigation, because that would that could seem politically motivated. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I Although think- it doesn't matter even. Well, come on. It's New York. That's still going to seem politically motivated. That That's his supporters would never ever concede that that wasn't politically motivated. right but there there are what we have to we have to play or we have to hope that the of his because there's a distinction between his voters and his supporters right so like the people that voted for him i think we can are susceptible to reason i think even his statement and you uh, know I, to a degree uh, statement uh, Turned off like Rick Santorum of all people was criticizing the president last night. Yes, he and, was. Oh, you mean yeah. uh, old frothy mix? Old frothy, <laughs> dude. Frothy Rick. Yep. If, who who was that? That was fucking. Uh... Oh fuck! Was it Dan Levy? It was somebody. I can't remember. One a comedian that laid that on him. Oh god, <laughs> that was the most disturbing. Because we all know what Santorum is, but I've never well, heard it, it referred to as a frothy mix. Oh, Josh, I I don't think that your point is a bad one, but let me let me ask an unpopular question. Um, Boo! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) uh, Richard Nixon did not go to jail because uh, Ford pardoned him because Ford pardoned him for the reason that he thought it would be best for the country to be able to turn the page rather than to be mired in. what some would consider persecution and what some would consider to be uh, pursuit of justice. Right. We wanted to turn the page and change the, the discussion yep. to productive matters of state. And so Obama question, did the same thing in, in 2008 with the, the torture stuff in the right. CIA. Yep. Uh, unpopular question. Do you think that it's, it's right that a, a post-presidential Trump should answer for the things that he may or may not have done? Or do you think that it's better for this country to simply move on, turn the page, and actually solve the problems in front of us rather than the problems behind us. No, I think there has to be a Truth and Reconciliation Committee uh, appointed, and I think they need to not just, it's not just about Trump, it's about everybody around him who enabled him. Because there's a lot of talk about, you know, who's compromised, quote unquote, and like all that type of stuff, and the motivations of these people who have consistently fallen in line when it 
didn't didn't seem to make any sort of logical sense beyond like party loyalty over country. But that, from, but that for a, sure isn't going to happen. That's definitely from, from a morality standpoint. I'm with you, Josh. But I think that that creates more martyrs than it does create. Justice. It may, yeah, it but, may. Yeah. But we've tried it the other way a couple times, and it hasn't worked out in the end. I think the Democrats need to hold them accountable. They didn't hold Wall Street and the people who put us in the in the 2008, uh, uh, you know. Uh, recession accountable, a market crash accountable, um, and they didn't hold anyone in uh, involved with the torture situation accountable. No one went to prison. Um, so well, the Democrats that, are good at that. Well, he, they're they're good also, at that. After thirty years, they won't stand for that anymore, right? Right. right. He'll also spin it. I mean, that's that's what he does. And if if we do pardon him or, or you know give him some leniency. Right. Uh, he'll use it to to rally his his support and say, right. "Look, you know, say they validate. You know, I didn't do anything. They don't have anything on me." Yeah. So that's the exact that's the exact thing I was thinking. So um, there is no win there, right? Um, because if 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 he's prosecuted, um, his supporters will say it's fraud or bullshit or a lie, and 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 there's no reconciliation at all at that point. Which I think is kind of the the point you're making, Jay. Um, and then if they don't. He will, just like you said, Christian, he'll run with not getting in trouble as proof that he did nothing wrong. So those there's no win. It's got to be if if they're going to do that at all, it has to be a slow burn. It can't be like a a fucking witch hunt, a literal witch hunt at that point. Yeah. It's well, got to be just a, a, a string of charges that continue to come in. Like it's just a it can't be all the truth and reconciliation committee needs to, to be, take a look at this. Assuming you can get a bipartisan commission. To be fair. I'm very curious as to whether or not he'll float. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm very curious. <laughs> Turns well, off. witches are made of wood, right? <laughs> but, but and, and Josh, I'm, like I'm with you. Uh, I think that what he has done is uh, to the institutions right. is terrible. I think I think the behavior is un-American. That hurts me. It, it offends me as an American. But at the same time, one of the really uh, incredibly frustrating parts about this election is that after it's over, this country's a mess, mm-hmm. right? And not just because of partisan divide, but all the things that he's handled poorly, whether or not they could be handled better are still happening, right? We're still right. in a moment of racial tension unrivaled since the 1960s. We still right. have a an international viral pandemic raging. We have crumbling infrastructure. We have so many things that lie in front of us instead of behind us. And I think that the, the, the temptation of persecuting Trump, though I would love to watch him sizzle, is maybe not the best thing for the country. So I'm not looking I at agree. it as, I'm not looking at it as persecution. I'm looking at it as I think I feel like I the United States has gotten too comfortable with the idea of simply turning the page in throughout our history. It's, we never fully addressed the, the the issue of slavery. That was just kind of, you know, transformed into where we are today a different different form of slavery um in terms of the the prison industrial complex and all that uh and we just simply haven't successfully addressed these types of issues in the past and whether it's nixon uh whether it was reagan with the the iran contra situation whether it was any number of of issues um we seem to allow the republicans uh Look at Benghazi, for example, um, to to just have free reign to try to throw shit against the wall and see what will work for them in the elections. And this isn't about a 
this isn't to a political end for me. This is, I, I firmly believe once we figure out, once we keep pulling back layers of this, um, this administration, I think at the core lies a person who operates solely out of self self-interest and out of that motivation has committed treason to the United States, uh, against the United States. And I believe that is unforgivable. Whether we hang him in a public square, that's a different discussion. Yes. But he I needs mean, to be well, <laughs> so that is all, and, and, and while I agree- Not just with him, everybody sentiment. around him needs no, to No, no, yeah, yeah. But while I agree with that sentiment, the only way to do that and not cause the, the lack or the, the amount of discord that Jake is talking about, it would have to be proof that they- Oh, absolutely. Believe. Absolutely. That won't happen. We need to have that won't like, fucking happen. The, we, the, the, there's already it's proof. The there's proof beyond the fucking the, the proof. Not for there. them. Not for them. Seventy million people don't feel that way. Like they don't. Yeah. So we, we, it has to be something well, that, more concrete. That's what you, I mean. Is you the, have to trust that you can present them with facts and they take it in. I understand that. that I don't trust that at all, concept. dude. I don't trust it either. I'm not <laughs> saying they're going to internalize it, but that it has to be made for the public record why it's happening and make it very clear that it's happening because the Mueller report was completely swept under the rug and the, the idea that it wasn't that it didn't prove collusion which is sort of like an abstract concept is is like been just touted as like pure vindication or whatever but it there is a there there and there was a there there with Ukraine there's a there there with the emolument stuff there's a there there with just being the most corrupt president in the history of this country. Josh. And possibly Josh, 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 Josh. Josh. I, I know you're upset. They're there. <laughs> I'm I'm so upset. But the, the thing is though is that to solve the problem and to do the right thing might not be <laughs> Jake, just hold on a second. You really are the, like the more articulate version of me because you stopped Josh for the same reason and said the same thing, but I would have just said fuck more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just going to let you, you can just run it from now on. This is good. <laughs> Way to interject yourself, BJ. I have to. It's fun for me. Hey, BJ. Yes. We are, uh, by my count, we're at 27 minutes. So I'll come back to you at 35, okay? <laughs> Actually, <that's, laughs> you're, you're thinking of He Christian. does listen. Aw. <laughs> Jake. Jo Josh, I, I agree with you. And I wish that we lived in a world in which the best argument won the day. Oh, sure. In which, yeah. in which the the right thing won the day. Right. But if we want to take any issue, right, a any issue that you want to look at, if we want to do the work that is required to address systemic racism, for instance, the best way to do that, the winning way to do that, whether or not it's the quote unquote right thing, which I think you and I agree on what is the right thing. But if we want to solve the issue, I'm not sure that going after a guy named like Trump and allowing his followers, supporters, voters, or what have you to rally around that particular flag is the most effective thing to do rather than to take the government that we will have left after you know, in the post-Trump era and try to move forward in a productive way. Yeah, right? I, think, I mean, I think well, what think Jake about... just said, oh, no, no, go ahead, please. <laughs> is it? Is it me? Sweet. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd equate that to like, anytime that the, the, the government tries to change public opinion, it takes an extra, it takes a long time. It takes forever. And the best example would be like litter. Like don't throw your fucking food out of your car. Like how long did it take the government to convince the people that they shouldn't do that? And there's still trash everywhere. And there's still trash everywhere. But consider like like there's a you have an uh, when I see somebody throw trash out of the window, I have an emotional response. Well, so that's an actual insensitive uh, icon because you see the Washington football team crying in a commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like racist. 
for for <laughs> shit like this to work, you have you have to sort of convince everybody a little bit, you know? Like you can't yes. have yes. middle ground on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and think, so here's the thing is I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to worry about convincing people. I think you follow the facts. 70 million, 313,138 people disagree with you. Hey, BJ, shut the fuck up. You publish the findings of the, the investigation, and it's not centralized. It's not completely on Trump. You, you study the entire administration, the misuse of funds, because you're going to have to do this anyway to fix the problems that he's created, right? So – once you go in and you see the, the shit that he stirred up in the EPA, you move to address the things that have been done there to uh, make our planet a worse place to live for some reason. Um, and you address that issue and then you make a note and then you go back and look at it later. I'm not saying this needs to be the priority. I think you're absolutely right. This country is hurting right now in so many ways. And and we need to come there does need to be a come together a coming together but we also need to i think we need to address the the, the present and the past uh immediate past in order to move forward and i, I think we need to address our like but way you're, back you're looking past, to, josh so. th- your lens is incorrect and i'm gonna tell you why <laughs> it's fucking you can't you're, you're you're this is a an altruistic version of america you're thinking of where people will go right and wrong and this and that they will not do that i just told you I'm not 70 fucking they're, they're million people that, voted for this guy to, you talked about things that trump is doing now because or you're worried that he's going to do because things are not written down this is an opportunity to write it down and then okay. whether or not we're going back with. and prosecuting internal people, rules and in government i agree with the fuck up let me finish yeah. <laughs> we're going back and prosecuting people or we're jotting the rules down now so that it can't be done in the future that needs to be done we need to we need to put all the things that are like you know common <laughs> what we viewed as like common decency and things that are a bridge too far we need to have those written down so that we can point to them and say this is not like we let this go this time but going forward we cannot solicit information on our political opponents from a global adversary for example like these things need to be reestablished. Otherwise, we're just building on top of crumbling infrastructure, and we will pay the price in the end. But is, that, is that is that frowned upon? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's here's the only way that works, though. Like like public opinion is irrelevant. The public, I don't know how to make it work, no, DJ. No, no, no. I'm just saying what needs to happen. No, I'm so, but like the, like public opinion at this point is just like we have an entire generation of just it's it's. It's going to be bad for a minute. So what needs to happen is a complete takeover of the government of just fucking, for the love of God, get a majority of smart people in there. Change the fucking rules while you're there so that this specifically can't happen again. This, this, this. like. A- what did I just say? <laughs> well, so, so yeah, I think. What did I just say? You're Were saying, you but but you're saying have trials and shit. I'm saying just do it. And Josh, I think that's I, different I than where you started, into your Josh. beautiful eyes. <laughs> that's different than where you started, though, Josh. You started with this idea of, of um, you know, of going after all the people responsible for the current things that have gone wrong. And that's the thing I think would, would not, it wouldn't fly. Um, but if, if, th- if this administration goes in there and quietly works out rules that sound like they are addressing things that are just bad and don't say anything about Trump, that might happen. Yep. And especially if Biden gets in there with this idea like, man, I'm gonna be fucking 81 by the time I run for reelection. Fuck He's not this. running for re-election. What right? One-term presidency. I don't give a shit about what people think. I'm going to do what I feel like might actually be able to happen. He might get something done with that. 
Maybe. I don't Maybe. Know. But the first thing I said was that we oh. need to establish a truth and reconciliation committee. This wasn't just like to just print out warrants and go start knocking down doors. Oh, and well, that's out. the way Get I em. took what you said. That's okay. the way I took what you said, <laughs> which I feel like is the, that's okay. the lens it would be. Viewed. And that's why you we're asking this out. Jake, you want to do yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's why Jake is our, Jake's our filter. Jake so. raised his hand. Jake raised his hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I want to I, I want to go back to what. Uh, Joe Biden does with a, a one-term presidency, but I, I'm not ready to go there yet. I, I, if I can, BJ, I, this, this is. Oh no, you know, we have the same. BJ, we have the same notes, Jake. So I'm this following. is I'm this following is your you. party, uh, so to speak. <laughs> um, and Christian, we're at 33 minutes. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to call is, myself. This is your now. party. You tried desperately to mention Georgia uh, a few minutes ago. Can we can we talk about the fact that there are going to be probably two runoff elections in early Georgia or in early January. <laughs> early, well, that's a good or, sign. Early Georgia, it's the same kind of race, right? You know, early January <laughs> that may or may not uh, have an impact on the control of the Senate, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's Friday night. I haven't looked at the numbers. It looks probable that the Republicans are going to keep the Senate, but let's just live in a fantasy world for a second. If the Republic, if the Democrats can get to 48 with two runoffs, win the white house, those, they those the vice two president. Georgian uh, Senate seats may be the difference in control of the Senate. Yep. There is going to be a lot of money. There's going to be a lot of political capital. And there's going to be a lot of division poured mm-hmm. into Georgia, which is going to spread out through the country. And so when we talk about, is this election over? I'm not sure that it is because no. this, this moment right. of division is going to spill into early January. And That's then from point. there, you know, any election only has, you know, an 18 month a presidential election only has an 18 month honeymoon before you start worrying about the next two, you know, two years for for the House elections. It's going to even trim that down. So, I mean, BJ, let, let's talk about Georgia. Things are going to get nuts. Well, I was just yep. looking at the numbers for that right now just to see where they are. Is it? It's two seats up, right? Yeah. I was told there yeah, would yeah, be no math. Seats. <laughs> both, both yeah. Senate seats, but um, that's the, fair. Uh, but it's the, but it's one red it's and Purdue one blue, and Ossoff and um, yeah, yeah. So and then the, the other Ossoff, race. yeah, the Ossoff race isn't decided yet for sure that it will be. Was it Warnock be, and uh, uh, Laughlin? If, if nobody gets to already 50, scheduled for a runoff, yeah. if nobody gets to fifty percent, there's a runoff. Right, right. Warnock's up like yes. four hundred thousand votes and. Produce a- yeah, but that that was a they, there were three people running and that one no if no one gets fifty as Jake said that goes to an automatic oh, that's, runoff. Okay. that's already been declared as a that one's already declared yeah as long as uh, yeah as long as Purdue does not go above fifty and it's looking like that's going to be the case um, yeah he's under 50. well in, in Purdue's case there's one hundred fourteen thousand for the uh, the Libertarian so I assume those would go Republican in that case you don't know that you I don't mean, know that and that's to Jake's point like there's going to be a lot of money being spent here and. It's important to recognize that Trump's not going to be on the ballot in that election. He may be in theory, but his name is not going to be on the ballot, and that could push it more to a 2018 situation as, as opposed to the, the 2020 situation, where the turnout was massive. So there was good turnout for Republicans in 2018 as well. Um, you know, they did famously steal <laughs> Stacey Abrams' gubernatorial uh, spot there, but um, – It'll be really interesting because I think the Democrats could smell blood in this situation and know that if they go out. Uh, Actually, to, I just got a notification: Georgia to hold January runoff for two Senate seats. So that's official now. There you go. Uh, All right. and, it happened. You go. In in the Warnock 
the Warnock Lofler, whatever the fuck her name is, um, in, that, in that race, do you know how many fucking candidates are in that? Many. There were like five, I think. One, two, there. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, oh. eleven, twelve, thirteen, well, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. There's twenty fucking people on the ballot. Yeah, that was so. That was a special one that was a special election. Special. Yeah, it was a special election. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So that that will concentrate all of those votes on just those two candidates. So, and actually, the Democrat had thirty six percent. They were higher than the, the Republican. But there's, yeah, but there's the, like ten uh, Democrats on there too. Doug so Collins, it's split up. Was it Doug Collins, the other like prominent Republican that ran for that seat? Oh uh, yeah, it was Loeffler and Doug Collins. Well, it just yeah. goes to prove that the Democrats now have to bus in voters from other states. <laughs> well, clearly, I yeah. mean, I'm gonna vote there. Well, they've aren't already you? got the, the filled in the ballots completed, and they're like in a. State That's, right. That's right. That's so right. Yeah, they're, 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 I'm sure the U. Yeah, the the plan to send in an extra 17 ballots for every Democratic voter. <laughs> My dog's gonna vote. It's gonna be great. <laughs> so, Jake, what do hey, you think? I, what do you think will happen in that case? What do you think? What, what's your thought on what Trump will do, or what the the system will do to them? Well, I mean, it's a it's a good question. I, I it's hard it's hard to imagine two things. It's it's hard to imagine that um, both bases won't absolutely whip whip their their followers into a frenzy. Right. And so, what what really will happen in Georgia will be uh, are are more. Um, Democrats or Republicans able to be whipped up into a frenzy to show up that day. And of the people that just don't have an opinion between the two, is there a message that will bring those people to the polls? And I don't know how that's going to go, right? Because President Trump, if he, you know, once, once, uh, you know, he's no longer, he's still going to be the president of the United States, when that election it runs, right? He's What's the date of the election? January twenty fifth. Is it the twenty fifth? I think it's the twenty fifth. I thought it was earlier than that, but I could be wrong. I'll look it up. Is it the fifth or the twenty fifth? I want anyway, to say twenty fifth, but he, looks like BJ's looking it up right now. Still going to be the president during the, the during a lot most of the campaigning to yeah. that yep. to that election, and so. He and, his and he'll have nothing but free time if it if it happens after his election. So he may go down there and just stay out there and start shaking hands and right. kissing babies without a mask. And, and so and so, you know, is it who's going to continue the momentum is is the question. Right. right. Um, and, and it's such a difficult thing. You look at and I know the demographics of Georgia are changing and the reality of Georgia is changing. But you look at, you know, the Alabama Senate seat. Right. Fifth. So you got the, the date, the fifth, oh, yep. January fifth. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was. I, thought I it was stand corrected. No, sir, <laughs> you again. sit corrected. And the only reason Josh sits corrected is because it's a political conversation. So I'm not convinced that he's wearing pants. <laughs> Confirmed. But you know who who will maintain who will maintain the momentum? And by the fifth of January, will people be sick of politics? Right, because privilege or not, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be so disgusted by the process. Between they already and- are. Yeah, but the, if if Biden wins, I feel like that gives Democrats a shot in the arm. It, what'll be interesting is 
there's already reports of like infighting within the Democratic Party because um, Nancy Pelosi and, and other prominent Democrats uh, in leadership have been basically scolding the left already, saying like, look, we won because your message was was tamped down. Um, but you cost us all this stuff in the in House races and Senate seats. And that's their kind of like, you know, theory of the case. But there's nothing really to back that up at this point, because you look at a lot of the ballot initiatives across the country with a lot of progressive ideas, like in Florida, making the minimum wage $15 an hour, which is, you know, has been Bernie's thing for like, you know, the last couple of election cycles. Um, that is funny you to know, see and, that and sneak could, into the Republican put, side. <laughs> made that into the, what was that? It is funny to see that sneak into the red states. It's like, oh, you guys like that part, right. but not the rest of it. But I don't, I don't think that's the question in Georgia on January fifth. I agree. The, I totally. The agree. question, the question in Georgia is, who is more sick of all this political stuff, right. and you know, how persuasive is control of the Senate? I also yeah. think there's a danger. Um, just uh, just from my understanding of the identity of the people that I grew up with, there is this danger of us going, oh, look at Georgia. It's progressive and blue now. You're just going to piss off the people that live there. Yeah. You're going to get them so excited about proving you wrong because they don't want they don't want you to tell them what they are. It could be, They'll but it could also work the other way, way too. I, I don't know. There's not enough change there yet because because North Carolina is pretty liberal in comparison in certain ways. If you're in Raleigh, if you're in Asheville, if you're in Charlotte, same with Atlanta and Athens. But the rest of those motherfuckers don't feel that way. And there's a lot of them. There's a whole fucking lot of them. who will still feel like the stakes are high on January 5th. Probably I both. Think, I think. Yes. And I think maybe more so the conservatives. That's not I would I would say more so the conservatives because they the, you can already yeah, see yeah. the narrative starting right now with the anti Biden stuff. And it's just like you guys are fucking insane. Like, calm down. They, I think a they lot of had it prepared. They were ready. And, oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and the thing one of the things that I think that liberals in general and the Democratic Party particularly are not good at is keeping their foot on the gas for things that matter. Right. Yeah. One of the one of the things that should have been clear to everyone in twenty six in the during the twenty sixteen election was that the court was at stake. Right. The fact that we do not have Justice Merrick Garland should have let everyone mm -hmm. voting know that the court was at stake. And it was not until RGB died that people said, Oh, the court's at stake. Shit, maybe we should have done something about that. <laughs> that was really a footnote yeah. in that election, too. It was weird. 20, yeah, exactly. And in 2020, the footnote that should matter to people, that didn't matter to people, is that the local races, the state houses, the local elections matter for apportionment and gerrymandering. Yep. Because the 2020 census is yep. going to get dealt with in 2021. And guess who holds the reins regardless of the presidential election? It's the Republicans. Republicans. And so the question is, will the Democrats and the Democratic Party remember to keep their foot on the on the gas on January 5th and say, oh, shit, you know, maybe uh, maybe the control of the Senate's an important thing that we should think yeah. about. <laughs> I, I don't have faith that they'll remember. The other the other important item is the, the candidates matter. Um, I think Warnock is a particularly popular guy. He's a reverend in in uh, Atlanta or in I mean, maybe not Atlanta, but in Georgia. And Laughlin is a corrupt. Uh, she was her most famous achievement, aside from being the owner of the uh, Atlanta WNBA team, is uh, that she had she was <laughs> uh, 
uh, well, she suspended or t- kicked off some committee because she had, uh, when when they were when the virus was coming, she was part of a briefing uh, ahead of when the, the the outbreak of the coronavirus, uh, and she sold off her stocks uh, in based on information provided in those meetings. And how do so, people you know, still do was, that? You know, you're gonna get fucking caught, like. <laughs> <laughs> because no ever. one goes back and is she and yeah is she in prison doles out she's not in fucking prison yeah i mean yeah, right she got the money, keep fucking so. telling me that Matt, i gotta feel a way about that now. come on litigate but, yeah you know, feel but... all the way you want she's still not in prison <laughs> josh I'm, I'm gonna challenge you on this i'm not sure that shit does matter roy yeah, moore almost won the special election yep. in alabama almost yeah so that's a key word there yeah he yeah. almost won yeah. and it wasn't tax evasion no, you're right. He was yeah, guilty. It, w- it right. was adultery. I'm, I'm fucking um, uh, child pedophilia. Child uh, molest. Pedophilia. Yeah. Sorry. Attempted pedophilia. Pe- I don't know. Pedof- pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> is is it? Uh, it was multiple ones. So it's pedophilia. Actually, I think. <laughs> if you're not allowed in shopping malls, you shouldn't be allowed in the Capitol building. That's a very good point. <laughs> that's a fair rule. I think that's fair. You should put oh, that on the Capitol man. steps. Well, before we get to like the no shoes, no shirt, no children. (laughs) What do you guys think is going to happen with the inauguration? What do you think? What do you think Trump's going to do? Because it's going to there's going to be an inauguration. Oh, he's not going to go. He's not going to go. But like who who even like who plans that? (laughs) The the, the, campaign does. Well, the transition committee. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and and the military's involved in it. Like I only know that because my wife would march in the parade, and she's done it every year. Transition. I'm more concerned about the transition because uh, what I've, the reporting I've uh, seen is that the, this administration is not because they were already supposed to set up a transition team, I believe, and they're just not even engaging in any of it. No, not a chance. I think they will. Yeah, yeah. and and I which, think which, it'll be... which sets the Biden administration back because they basically have to come in and then figure out <laughs> what's going on on their own. I'm sure they know. But, but like they'll... nobody what, knows what's what going on the... anyway. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, what of the Trump administration would they even? remotely be interested in keeping like yeah it's not that they're keeping they just need to know like this like where the fire extinguishers are in terms of yeah they they don't even know they know that either yeah (laughs) yeah i mean like do the when was the last time they changed the batteries on the smoke detector like do you think betsy devos is on top of the situation no (laughs) no that's that's not that's not what i'm talking talking about like national security issues well that 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 infrastructure is still intact like that's still a thing that exists the briefings are still happening biden's getting his briefings now and has been for i don't know how long yeah the nsa does not give a shit if trump doesn't tell them to work with biden they're going to work with you know it's a fun thing about the nsa a, a fun sure. thing there is a uh, Porter was saying that like because Trump went so hard in the paint against the intelligence infrastructure of America that they're probably just hoarding information right now and when the time is right they'll just go oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> I don't know about you that. don't you don't think you don't, don't think don't. so Jake Jake's shaking his head too I, I think the conversation we're trying to have is is this. Uh, Jake's an asshole no um, the <laughs> conversation we're trying to have is is it, are the institutions strong enough to survive an unwilling participant in the White House on the way out. I I think that in most cases, it probably is, right? I think that career civil servants, regardless of party, are probably going to be faithful to the Constitution and faithful to the government, faithful to their jobs and faithful to us to make sure that that takes care of it. The highest levels of the intelligence community, the military, and, and frankly, most of the departments will be fine. Mm-hmm. The question is how, although the state how, department's in tatters right now. Well, the the question that. is how far can the spite 
How far can the spite of Trump and his closest circle go? Right. I mean, it'll right. be damaging. Whatever, whatever bullshit, uh, you know, presidential uh, uh, orders he signs between now and the twentieth are going to be a pain in the ass to undo. That, that's going to take yeah. time. You know, and, that's going to take effort. Yeah. To a degree, I think it's fortunate that we're that Biden is only four years removed from being in that position. So he's got that's a, a good, good, yeah. good sense. That's of, a good point. They changed all the passwords before he left. All the keyboards not, with the stuff taped underneath of them have been swept. It's, but it's we, not going to be that. <laughs> we talk about them being ready to hit the ground running, and I think this administration will be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm concerned about it and about the willingness of Trump to, uh, you know, go along with precedent. Uh, but I think you're right. I think that the institutions themselves are are built to withstand this, uh, at least to a certain degree. Um, I, I don't buy into the idea that the that the deep state <laughs> is ready to dump a bunch <laughs> of information on him or or any of that stuff. Um, but I do think that they know who they're dealing with, and then I think they'll they'll present Biden with, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll catch him up pretty quickly. So we, we've danced around two things. The first is, what does a Biden administration look like? How effective will it be? What can liberals slash Democrats hope for? And what can Republicans slash conservatives expect as far as the, the limitation of the damage that can be done? And I think beyond that central issue, the two kind of adjacent issues are in the four years that this administration takes place or the two and a half that it takes before the campaign gets started, what becomes of the Republican Party and what becomes of the Democratic Party? Now, Josh, you and I are going to have a knockdown drag out about <laughs> the conversation uh, you had on this podcast about the future of the Republican Party uh, being basically the center of the Democrats now. <laughs> but I think, it, I think it's interesting to say, <laughs> I think it's interesting to look at while the Republicans lick their wounds, what does the party do with itself, right? Mm -hmm. For better or for worse, the Democratic Party is more true to its central ideals than the Republican Party. Again, I'm not here to say that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but the, the distinction I'm drawing is that the Democratic Party did not become the party of Bernie and AOC. The, the party, in fact, centralized around Biden, who with many Democrats, not first four choices, right? Whereas the Republican Party became the party of Trump because it was not as willing to stick to its structured written ideals uh, as said. And look look how it worked out right one is one is a, a path to victory and the other is a path to uh rewardless um morals right so what do you think then while while the republicans are are waiting in the wings for that two and a half years becomes of them do you think that they find a new demagogue to fasten themselves to in the in the model of trump to continue the party of trump or do you think that the party reorganizes itself around a message that can win that doesn't include that i'm not sure yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that they have a message that could win that doesn't include that well they don't if it's, they don't have a message beyond trump they literally don't have policy that's what right? i mean that's yeah. what i mean and i don't mean that i don't 
I, I don't mean that disparagingly. I feel like what they Actually. what they <laughs> leaned into to get the 70 million votes that they got was this guy does not believe in government. And that's why we want him to run our government. I really feel like the majority of those people are kind of like, yeah, that feels about right. I remember so, them saying that shit when I was a kid in North Carolina in the fucking 1980s. Yeah, like, that was, was, that like, was Reagan's oh, whole thing. Right. Everything Most about dangerous government words is in the English a waste language. of time. Yeah, it's all it's all a waste of time. There's no point in any of this. This is all, you know, uh, um, anything about the environment is overblown. I remember fuck, that conversation a ton. In, in the oh, forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like none of this, you know, this is all just complete. It's completely ridiculous, and that's still the way they think. And they told a whole new generation of my, you know, my peers to think that. Well, a whole Nazi youth. Jake, what do you, <laughs> let me put this back on you for a second. So, what do you think? I, I I always think about this when I'm trying to figure out what the fuck Republicans are even trying to accomplish. Like, what do you think their actual end game is? Like, what is the, what is the point of what we're going through right now? This so, is so I I. I will first of all admit my bias because my my answer is going to expose my bias. Um, I try not to live in a world in which one side is the bad guys in the Nazi film and the other have you know British accents. But <laughs> I I think I think that the distinction between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party in this country is that the Republicans are better at winning and have made the winning one of their primary values. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Democratic Party, for better or for worse, and no matter how you feel about the the core of of the Democratic Party values, I'm not here to say that they're, they're heroes in any way, shape, or form, but the Democrats, regardless of how you feel about their platform, are more likely to stay true to that and fail at the winning. You look at control of the Senate and how that goes back and forth, but the party that's willing to put their foot to the throat of the other is the Republicans. The Republicans are willing to do things like not seat, not even hold hearings for Merrick Garland, something that hadn't been done for at least 150 years you know, when the Whigs were in part in power or whatever. <laughs> because the Democrats, for better or for worse, regardless of how what your personal views are, didn't have the conviction, the balls, or whatever to do it. Right. Republicans always call the Democrats bluff and the, the Democrats always back down. They always the, the, the other thing though is that it, it's 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 more troubling than that. And and one of the things that I think about is We have a situation in which Lindsey Graham, one of the more prominent figures in the Republican Party, was able to say on tape, I have this particular view about the Supreme Court. And in four years, if it turns out I'm a hypocrite, you need to hold that against me. You need to use my words against me. And it didn't work. Lindsey Graham was elected with, with, you know, no problem. If a... I, my my bias, my opinion, and I could be wrong, but my opinion is if a Democrat were to have any particular stance and say on tape, use these words against me, if I am wrong in four years, I should, you know, six years, I shouldn't have a job, he wouldn't have a job. 
Right. Right. Why isn't Al Franken running for president right now? <laughs> right. Because because. <laughs> because he is a politician who did something wrong and it cost him. He borderline. He also resigned. Wrong. He also resigned. He, he was resigned. forced to resign. He was forced to resign. The, the, gra- the great. I thought, the he, I thought he did it on his own. He did, but like internal pressure from the from uh, congressional leadership. Sorry, I was just being snarky. The, the greater point, though. <laughs> The greater point, though, is is that the, I think that the difference between the parties is um, is ruthlessness. Mm-hmm. It's ruthlessness, and well, I, I think that that started with Gingrich, and they never looked back. <laughs> yeah, I'm so quiet that BJ has to like point me out. Well, but, no, you, uh, you started to speak. Start I'm not going to fuck something. with that. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the, the Democrats are idealistic and the Republicans are opportunistic, and 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 so they'll do whatever they can, you know. However, they can. You know, I think we, we, we I think hold it's ourselves. More than we that, think though. we're going to take the high yeah. road on everything. Well, it's also I think right, that right. espouses values, though. I, I think that that kind of language. Right. I I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But I I'm a liberal who lives in Maryland. But I think that kind <laughs> of language that we just use ascribes a value to bettering the Democratic point of view. I I would like to just stick to whatever you call it. The Democrats' strategy. The Democrats' execution is not as effective. And, and I, I will say to, to that point, um, the other thing about this is I don't know, or at least I, I don't, I personally don't know any Republicans who aren't totally comfortable or, or even offended at the idea that you would think that they weren't Republican. I don't even call myself a Democrat because I don't feel that way. I don't, I've not been branded to the party in that way because it's kind of a coalition of a lot of different variations of liberalism. Right? I was going to say, but a- the Republicans have branded the fuck out of saying you're Republican. And I have a big ass truck. I don't have a fucking Biden flag on the back of it or a black lives matter flag on it. I, I should, but I don't because that's not cool. Like I think that's fucking stupid. Not because I don't feel those ways, but because those dudes who drive the same big truck, but have Republican flags on it look like fucking idiots. Well, because you and know, so- your best argument isn't a flag. You can make an argument that isn't. Yeah, you can articulate right, slightly. <laughs> and, and you do have truck balls, right? Yeah, I right. do not truck have truck balls, balls well, unfortunately. The, Sorry. But my truck is called Power Wagon, so it, I don't, I don't know what else wagon. I need to do. So that's all, that goes to the same thing, though. It's like the, the Republicans, they're just like, there's so much simplicity in their messaging that they don't have to say anything. Whereas on this side, right. it's like, if you bring anything up, anything on the left, we're going to talk about it like people that care about the topic and the subject matter. On the right, they're just like, uh, Biden's bad, and they're like, well, "Fucking Biden! Biden's bad." That's it. That's all they need. The reason that I'm fascinated by what the Republican Party might become in the four years of a Biden presidency is, forgive me, and again, this is my bias speaking. Um, a large swath of the company or the country has, <laughs> oh, <you're right. laughs> has allowed yeah, themselves right <laughs> have allowed themselves to be purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of really good religious people have allowed their allegiances to be purchased by white nationalism. A lot of people that care deeply about this country have bought into voting for things that are not in their own interest. And those people, uh, and I'm not calling them stupid, I don't think they're bad people, many of them. That's my but, job. But those people, regardless of the reasons why or what have you, can can be pushed uh for in certain directions by people uh, with power. And so the, the Republican Party can either brand themselves into the, cra- into the craziest extreme or 
they can take all these people that are not easy. That's not fair. They can take all these people that can be branded, can be pulled, can be assuaged, and they can push them towards a coalition to pull just a little bit of the middle, just a little bit, just, just the not crazies out of the middle and make themselves a party that's, that is going to be tough to deal with. The question is, do they find that to be a winning strategy? Because if they find yeah. that to be a winning strategy, they're going to be damn good at it. Right. Do, you know do what, they, though? I, I will say, in, in the interest of, of, of leaving bias out of this, if they do that, if they move back to the center, I won't be quite as fucking appalled when they win an election. It won't right. feel as much you like might even people vote I for care them. about are getting stabbed in the throat. That would never well, <laughs> the, best, the best thing for the Democratic Party is a sane Republican Party. Agreed. That's the best thing for fucking everybody in the country. It's well, not about. For everybody is I don't party, give a but... shit about winning the election <laughs> if both sides are like kind of fucking reasonable. Right. If it was McCain, I would be like, all right, if you won, it'll fucking be okay. But it's not. That's not who they are. Not even close. You know. And 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 I, like Trump does not represent the, the the he doesn't represent the conservatives. He doesn't. Not really. Not the way he acts. They just fucking voted. He's not fucking conservative. 70, 70 million people voted for him. Yeah, but the way he acts is not the way they act. They don't act like that. But they're okay. They fucking, they hold, yes, but they hold the door for you and they fucking, yep. you know, help you out if you if you need it. They, they like, you know, they, they, they're the people that show up to help you move or fucking, you know, it, 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 there's a level of decency and um, a, a consistent politeness built into the culture that i came from that would would abhor being around a person like trump they would but they still voted for it and that's the part i want to understand i want to understand how how the republican party moves away from that to something that just seems civil and then we fucking talk about policies and then we'll figure it out media has got to go first without the media it's just going to go further and further and further and further uh, the media has to get better, but I don't. I think it, it's it's an all of us thing. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's the media, and it's not the media or it's it's and, and like as much as I hate it, I think we we have to we have to restrain what's allowed on social media. We fucking have to. You oh, know, they they way. have to, especially from people that are actually in office. Like what Twitter's doing right now, they should have been doing fucking four fucking years ago. Yeah, yeah. That yes, but you can't you can't just blatantly censor things you got you, you can tag things and, and like yes like you were talking but, about right but but yeah well, there needs to be some sort of level of actual fact checking going on because anybody can post any fucking thing they want it As, doesn't have to be true or, or even remotely <laughs> close to accurate go ahead i'm i'm a huge fan of this show uh long time listener first time caller <laughs> I, would, I would love i would love for you to to do an entire episode on on social media and i would tee it up by by framing the discussion as you know social media allows the best and the worst of us uh to be exposed but though the technology is different it is no different than the best and worst of our behavior as people in person right uh cancel culture is a thing that's happened but the, the thing is the first amendment make sure that you can't be hauled away in irons by the government. It doesn't mean that there aren't social ramifications for your poor right. behavior. I would right. love for you guys, the four of you with me shutting the hell up and sitting at home <laughs> uh, to discuss that. But, but I think the, the question about what does, what does this four years or two and a half years before the campaign starts of the Biden presidency look like, 
BJ, I mean, let me ask, let me ask, because I'm, I'm curious what you think. Do you think that the Biden presidency, because it happens to be Biden, is better or worse from the com- for the country? I almost said company again, John. <laughs> better or worse for the, the country because it will, because it, is the concern that it will only hold the tide for the Republicans to figure it out and come back stronger in 2024? Or do you think that he actually has a chance to do good things for the country? Is McConnell still in charge of the Senate, right? As long as his hands uh, depends uh, on what happens yeah. in Georgia. But. I, I think, well, Georgia, I mean, the, the Senate's going to be the biggest thing. Like if 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 the Republicans hold the Senate, they control the narrative because nothing will get done. So in two years, assuming some, we can't predict what's going to happen, I can't fucking. There's no guesses as to how the next two years are going to well, go. Well, play the game, BJ. So yeah. McConnell's already on record as saying he's going to limit. Well, obviously, uh, but he's on record to... with Obama, too. Like, the, the, I think the, the reason we're in this situation in the first place is two terms of Obama because this nation is incredibly fucking racist and they did not take to that well. So we got a Trump out of that situation. So this is. Prove it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, it's true. Okay. But. <laughs> I'll be right here. Um, that was some liberal ass shit right there. But <laughs> that in, was amazing. In terms of what Biden's gonna do, he's he's so he's he steps so softly around everything, right? Like there's no I don't know a definitive fucking stance he has on anything. I think he's he's a placeholder. The funny which is thing fine. is come on man. That's that's current but that's current him. He used to be like you could set that motherfucker off. That's still, him now. Though. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> come on, Jack. I think you're Nana's tired to you're playing that into the true. the Fox News uh, idea that not Obama's but, entire, but because I'm not worried about us. Us doesn't matter. I'm worried about I know. The, the, but when you say these when you 70 say fucking million Fox viewers that are watching it right now. OK. And so building say, and loading their fucking guns like so we're, the next two years are going to be that. These hey, people dude, are, I live, it, it, I live like, in Hartford County. Don't say loading the guns too The, the pessimistic side of me <laughs> is, is concerned that that this is just if we don't have power in the Senate, that this is going to just going to continue to gridlock government, and then in you know four years we're going to say, oh well, nothing got done, and it's just going to kind of fuel the fire that like government's inefficient and we need right, and that's what I think is the concern here when we stay, say things like we don't know what Obama stood for. It's like, yeah, we don't know what he got done as president, like, but we knew what he stood for. The idea that we're, because Fox News likes to push this thing. What of, he got done was not setting the fucking Obama, place on I fire. Finish, <laughs> <laughs> Fox News loves to push this narrative that his entire policy was based on hope and change. That was his entire, like, you know, he dictated through hope. And that's, or he governed through hope. And that, that couldn't be further from the truth. He couldn't govern because he didn't have, he didn't have any cooperation with the Congress. But I think that to back to your question about how Biden will govern, I think McConnell, like McConnell, if he's majority leader again, he has expressed the the idea that he would not be willing to sit what he calls like extreme progressives in the cabinet. Um, and, you know, Biden can go around that and point. But I don't think that bothers Biden. He's not looking to point AOC to like Treasury Secretary or anything like, like along those lines. Um, you know, I think the most extreme thing that might be feasible and it's probably not feasible is maybe Bernie is labor secretary, but I don't even see that happen. So I think Chastin Buttigieg is education secretary. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. So like, <laughs> I think you're going to see like there's the reports ahead of the election that Biden was even looking at vetting Republicans for 
uh, positions in the cabinet. And I think you're going to see that. I, I, I hope that they're not in positions where like we need true progressive I, I like leadership. But I think, you know, you can make the argument that you can put a, a Republican at even like State Department or or someplace like that, where as long as they're qualified, because that's another thing is the, the previous administration appointed probably zero qualified <laughs> a, a political appointee. Hey, he he sort of did at first a little bit. There were a couple then, like, like in the ball the adults in the like room. Rex yeah. Tillerson had been to Russia, so he was qualified to be Secretary yeah. of State. <laughs> so like that, you know, and I think you're going to see a tremendous. And here's what is going to benefit, I think, the the Democrats in 2022, is that Biden's going to come in. Yeah, there aren't going to be like depending on how McConnell wants to play it, they're they're going to be there may not be huge policy uh, in action, but he will manage. I firmly believe this. He will manage the, the, uh, the pandemic properly like an adult in the room. And we'll be able to get in the next two years, at least on track to being in, back in some kind of normal to so, towards some kind of normal. So I think that will be recognized in a way that apparently wasn't recognized to how poorly Trump managed the thing. But once you see how it's supposed to be managed, you can look back and say, Oh, well, that was a fucking disaster. So even the people who were like, oh, well, what, what was Trump supposed to do with all of this? We'll see. Oh, you can handle this properly and we can have better outcomes. And then maybe just maybe this might be overly optimistic, but then we restore a little bit of faith in government. And that's been the whole I mean, I'm not holding my breath, but I think that that's been a big part of the Republican uh, platform or lack thereof, because their entire platform this time was literally like see Twitter. Um, but uh, <laughs> the <laughs> like, I, I think you're going to that was like, a zinger. That's a zinger. <laughs> their, their whole thing, their whole the, the, self fulfilling prophecy by Republicans of government is bad. Elect us, and we'll show you how bad government is. So that's where it's been for the last thirty to forty years, most likely. I mean, or pretty much. So. I think Democrats can restore a little bit of faith in government because like we talked, like I mentioned earlier, the, the pandemic has really like exposed where government assistance can go a long way and competent leadership can go a long way. And yeah, there are going to be areas that aren't going to get it as well as others because you're frankly have Republican governors that aren't Larry Hogan, uh, you know, the, the courageous act of voting for a dead man, good, uh, notwithstanding, but um, I, Hogan did a good job in, in Maryland for the most part with the pandemic, the pandemic not, way better not than a outside lot of, of the pandemic. I, yeah. I have very little good to say about Hogan outside of the pandemic, but with the pandemic, he, he was competent and he went above and beyond his, his wife helped get uh, uh, testing kits delivered in because the federal response was uh, again, not, the second word was wrong. It was just federal yeah. what? <laughs> right. Exactly. I can't. I also can't hate him because I played his daughter's wedding. So, <laughs> well, there you go. That's fair. Well, he says with, with <laughs> like, Hogan, it felt like somebody com, was in charge. Right? Yeah, it felt like it. Yeah. Yeah, but so he has all kinds of issues, and we can get into that wait, later. Wait, let's just let, let's let like, Jake go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I, but, I'm I'm married to a Baltimore City educator. I, there are a million reasons for me to hate Larry Hogan. Um, but but the thing is, Josh, I, I hear you, and, and I want all that to be true. But I, I, th I think the reality, and again, I could be wrong. It happens all the time. But I, I think that what we have is a four-year... We have a four-year custodianship of a, a custodian presidency. 
right? Mm -hmm. The presidency where we've kicked the real problem down the road for another four years. And the, the Democratic Party will be on the clock, so to speak, because they will have been uh, the party of record of the presidency. And the Republicans are going to have four years to figure out what the winning strategy is to blame all the, the country's imagined or real woes on the Democratic Party. You know, I, I, I really, I wonder what the 2024 election is going to be and what it's going to be about, how the Republicans are going to be oriented. Are they going to be the party of Trump with a new figurehead? Are they going to be a different party? What is the Democratic Party going to look like? Is it going to be Kamala Harris, who immediately gets the nod because she was the VP? Or any of the 20 uh, Democratic primary candidates that we had, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, or... Yeah, um, Will Corey you be Bo on the ballot in 2024? <laughs> Cory Booker. You know, like, who from the Democratic Party can, could step forward? I, I'm really curious to see how that's going to work out. But I'm also kind of nervous because, again bullshit wins the day and there are now four years to 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 write the bullshit and there's not i mean this is all under the assumption that there won't be a continuation of what trump is doing right now which is having fucking rallies every goddamn place that he can forever like he's just if he continues this behavior in the what while all these nice and you know things that we're talking about are happening in in fun america land He's building a fucking army <laughs> in the meantime. Like, that's an issue that's going to be have to have to be contended with at some point. Don that is true. Now, there's there's a yeah right. There's a possibility though. Just 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 you saying that if he continues for his own egotism, which seems to be the majority of his. That's the only reason. Right? Um, I'm not sure. Can, I'm not sure there's any evidence to support that. <laughs> <laughs> so if he continues in that. And he continues to have the support of the people that love him, but he's not on the ticket. Does that hurt the Republican Party? He's not there to be voted for, and so they're like, "Fuck it, I don't care." Well, if you don't, no, if you don't, don't pledge so. loyalty to the crown, I mean, he'll probably shit all over the candidate and fuck up the party. You don't think he's going to yeah, run again he, in twenty twenty four if he's not dead or in prison? He's definitely. He gonna also again. he did not get a lot of the people who he pushed for in twenty eighteen elected. His his cult's personality was not powerful enough for that. Yeah, but he wasn't he, on the but, ticket. So right. He, that's I mean, what like, I just fucking right. said. Yeah, that's what no, I'm talking about. But he about. wasn't on the ticket, but he was on the ticket this time. And the Republicans still like won a majority of the elections. Like they got back house, house uh, seats in the House and they um, look like they're going to maintain the Senate. So, uh, right. Because he was on the ticket alive time. and well. Right. And, and it's and, just and meaningful local races. <laughs> right. Right. And and you know, like to, to your point earlier, Jake, like the Republicans have a long game. Um, they they've been playing a long game for 50 years and Republicans or Democrats are not as good at seeing the the big picture. And that's why there's a nine to three majority or excuse me, a six to three majority on the on the Supreme Court. Nine Just to three feels like nine to three. Yeah, right. It does. <laughs> <laughs> that's because one, uh, one, one half's been like doing the work. The other half's been like not doing the work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, they've been doing it's also it's. The Democratic Party and the Republic, the Democratic Party and the Republican parties, are like completely the the size of the parties are different. Like the Democratic Party is enormous and it's growing, and the Republican Party is shrinking to a, to an extent um, in terms of their like <laughs> the qualifications for membership. <laughs> 
But like uh, one I, one, exactly. one party has a concept of in name only, and the other doesn't. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. right. Yep. And again, I that's, think that's that, the core of the problem. When that when I say that though, that comes across as a value statement too. Like I want to be very careful about that. Like I'm very dismissive, and I said that because it is one of my values. But again, they win with it. Right. They win with yeah. it. Yeah. So let's not pretend that that's not a a real world good thing. TM. For them, but right? I think it's important. But it works for them. Yeah, and it even works when for, they, it works they for them are, to my detriment. Even when they ostracize somebody, they they still want back in. Look at Mitt Romney; like he was crucified for voting against or voting for uh, conviction in the impeachment trial. And then look, look at the way that Ted Cruz and Donald Trump went at it in the primary, and look yep. how Cruz crawled back. Lindsey Graham too. Yeah, yeah. I got a th I have a theory on Lindsey Graham. I think there's so much evidence that could just dismantle his life in circulation that he's there's no way that he's just doing this on his own accord like was, Lady it, G? was it yeah was it his dad involved in the jfk assassination i think it probably was <laughs> no he's the one with the ugly no he doesn't have a wife he is he is single uh, and ready to mingle lady he is washington uh, dc's most boys. eligible bachelor <laughs> it's a good thing he's not running to alabama oh man. Uh, <laughs> You said that out loud, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, in full disclosure, I went to Catholic school, so. <laughs> so let's let's take a look at the, uh, the the Supreme Court again. It's touching, Jake. It's touching. Truly, <laughs> who's he touching right now? <laughs> so, in the current situation, we we're we've we've kind of talked about how bad the the, the potential is of the court in the shape that's in right now, but Jake is in a, a particular situation where the effects of the court will affect him and his family directly, potentially. So, I, I, yes. The abortion club? Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, is that I, I feel like, um, I have a former colleague, a guy I used to work with, who was a, a die-in-the-wool Democrat, and he was a real liberal guy. And uh, one of the things we used to do is we used to walk at lunchtime to try to uh, overcome the amount of uh, drinking that we did, right? Trying to trying to walk off the pounds. Uh, but one of the things that he always said was that, like, the difference between liberals and conservatives is that conservatives only care about the things that happen to them, their family, and their tribe, whereas liberals can see the, the, the greater good of the world, and that's that's how they vote. He was really convinced that... It was it was really a difference of worldview. Of, here are the things that matter because they affect me, versus here are the things that matter because they're good for the world. I'm not here to tell you that that's the truth, but what I can tell you is that I was capable of, of voting like like other people's lives depended on it before all this. Um, but a few months ago, um, I've got two kids. Uh, one is 13 and one 10. Or one is 10. A few months ago, my 13 year old uh, came to us. Uh, she was. Uh, um, she came to us and she came out as being gendered non-binary. She was born our daughter and uh, told us that uh, for the longest time she was feeling away and, you know, didn't have the vocabulary to describe what she was feeling. And, and finally at, at 13 had put enough of it together to, to tell us that she, you know, didn't, didn't identify as a female, felt really uncomfortable with that identification and, was incredibly articulate and um, really brave in talking to us about it. And the hardest thing about that experience for me, 
was not in mourning the loss of a daughter and, uh, and gaining an envy. It wasn't, uh, you know, how are my friends and family going to react? It wasn't anything other than my child suddenly went from being a, you know, quote unquote, normal person to being a person who was possibly going to be in danger by the way our culture was moving, specifically with, at the time, the Supreme Court going on and with an election coming up. Um, and, you know, with the Supreme Court moving six to three and with the very real possibility until hopefully today of a, a Trump presidency, you know, people, people who do not fit into a white cisgendered male, uh, you know, this group, um, can live a can live a very. I got an asterisk next to mine though. Doesn't count. Um, you know, li live a, a very dangerous life in comparison to us, and I was I was really concerned about it. It hit home, you know, in a new way that it hadn't before. You know, it didn't didn't change, you know, the way I felt. Didn't change my vote. Didn't change how passionately I felt about it. But the stakes did get a whole hell of a lot higher in a hurry with one conversation. Well, damn. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to take the, the window. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no I, blame, I, blame BJ. He brought it up. <laughs> I know, but I find that I find that really powerful. Also, just being a parent, and also, also, I love you very much, Aiden. But my oldest son has um, some feminine tendencies in his personality, and that is absolutely fabulous. I fucking love him. He's incredible. If it turns out that he finds himself not to be cisgendered in some way. That will be. I will support it. It won't be a surprise. It won't. Ha it won't be anything. I will have to adjust my life for. Um, I've been pretty vocal about that not being a problem. Like when we talk to them, like when they were little, 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 like four or five, they're like, "My best friend across the street, Simon, said that you know we we want to when we grow up we want to live together, but we can't because we're two boys." And I'm like, "Why not? That's ridiculous. Of course you can." And that was it. That was the end of that conversation, right? And I, I also remember having a very uncomfortable and angry discussion with um, a former colleague whenever he was like infant uh, who, 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 who had, was questioning my ability to be comfortable with my liberal views on sexuality. Um, he was like, well, what are you going to do if that, if your kid is gay, you're going to be disappointed. You're, you're saying you're not, but you're going to be disappointed. He hundred percent believed that that's how I'd feel about my son, which implied that's how he would feel about my son, which did nothing but make me fucking hate it. Like he's also not in my world anymore. And I can point to that moment of me being like, Oh, you know what? I don't need this attitude in my life, you know? And I feel like that's how I feel about talking to people that are fine with what, what it is that Trump does and says, they really think that we all think the same thing they do and we just can't admit it. I, that I really think they think that, or that we would, we would feel the way they feel if we just, you know, if we just, got over our PC opinions or whatever. Like they really think that they're right. Like really fucking right. Well, it goes back to the flag, the fuck your feelings stuff. And we should get a flag that says mind your business, you know? Well, be, yeah. And, and that just sounds so fucking lame. Like that doesn't <laughs> sound like fuck your feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, does, yeah. it doesn't have, it doesn't, it's not brandable. It, you can't right. sell that. Well, this is the second time I'll say this. I would love for you, you poor gentlemen, to to address this particular topic in a real setting, 
um, that doesn't include me and it includes a lot of people that that um, have a lot more real lived experience and and authenticity and authority uh, more than I do. Uh, but as it relates to the election, you know, I, I think that if you live a world, live in a world in which people that you care about could be in danger because of the election, your worldview is different. Right? I mean, think about it this way. I mean, Josh, Josh, you'll, Josh and I go way back and he teases me all the time about growing up Catholic, but think about this for just, for just a second, <laughs> the U S Supreme, the U S Supreme court is further to the right than the Catholic church on the rights of the LGBTQ community yeah. as far as, as far as marriage equality is concerned. A lot of Catholics on that church on the, that court, by the way, <laughs> just, I'm just saying, I'm just I saying. Know. U.S. Yeah. Supreme Court further to, to the right than the group of people that took 450 years to apologize to Galileo. Right. Right. Just saying. <laughs> That's, that is a problem. Well, Jake, just to kind of like dive into this a little more. I, for me, the the where the country is going in terms of like the 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 I, would you call this like a sexual revolution or like a more understanding of like who we are as people? What like is this, the 60s? Well, it's like like fucking. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but like for me, it's it's purely like a spectator sport, right? Like I'm I'm I have nobody around me that's involved. Well, you know, nobody around me who's involved or or changing genders or anything. Things and I see them happening, but like as a parent who grew up sort of you know alongside me in in this world to this point until that conversation, what like if if I can just be the the bad one, like do you do you think these things are like 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 a phase that a kid goes through, or is it like what what's um, okay. There's so, just questions to that. Yeah, no, no, no. So I'm totally comfortable with the com with the conversation with the questions, but I think it's really important first to to note that I am not an expert. Um, I am the father of a non-binary child, and I've lived that experience for like two or three months at this point. And so, I don't know shit. Um, what I will what I will say is that. Um, Anybody on the on the trans spectrum, and I don't even know if that's the right word, and so I apologize if that's offensive to somebody. But anybody that falls under the trans umbrella, um, they don't they don't do this kind of thing for fun. They don't try it out because they want to see what attention it will get them, or whether they can buy back their parents' love. Um, and so when that happens, the only response as a parent you only get one chance to respond correctly. Mm -hmm. And that is to respond with love and support and affirmation to ensure that that communication keeps coming from the child, right? And so when our kid came to us and said, hey, I've got this thing going on, I wanna to talk to you about it. They were letting us into the, to, to their world. And we had the opportunity to either be in there with them in their world or to be part of the world that was gonna be against them mm -hmm. or or outside of them um is it possible that a, a kid comes to you and says anything about their sexuality or their gender that is a phase yeah that's possible but to assume that may, is is very dangerous uh, i think for two reasons first because it, it can cloud your interaction with your child to to make it seem like what they are feeling what they're experiencing or how they truly are is <clears throat> not permanent, not okay, not, uh, not something that matters. And second of all, if you're a person that, that feels a certain way about it, telling yourself that it's a phase 
is a really easy way to not deal with those feelings, right? I had a daughter for 13 years and I, I never used the phrase, but I love being a girl dad, right? <laughs> um, and in the uh, course of one conversation, I no longer had a daughter, right? Um, and upon thinking about it, I realized that all the things I loved about my kid had nothing to do with their gender. Um, and the more I thought about it, the, the more I was able to, to kind of put, put peace to it. But I think that that internal process that parents in, in my particular position are in, if they allow themselves to go down that, well, what if it's just a phase uh, route, put, kicks, kicks the can and, and does damage to that process. And if it's a phase, and the worst thing you did was support your kid in, in a loving, authentic, and permanent way, that's that's probably okay. That's probably an okay, quote-unquote, mistake to make. I'll go with that. Here, here. So, so like, I've, I was talking to my sister the other day, and we this specific thing came up, and she lives in a, in a, in a media bubble where what you're experiencing right now is something that her kid would be exposed to in a way that would be something that wouldn't be good. So it's like in her mind, it's, it's a system being pushed upon her children, hmm. which it obviously is not, but it's, 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 it's a, a lack of, to me, it's a lack of realization that the world is changing and that there's new doors that are opening and there's new ways to look at things. And obviously, you know, as a parent who's gone through that, like, what would you say to somebody like that who's worried about what your child's experience or just the, the, that effect that could have on the environment that her kids are in? Because I feel like that's the biggest thing is other parents are, are scared of that, that conversation, terrified of it. So the scariest thing for me um, is that my kid now lives in a world that may be hostile to them mm-hmm. now. That, that as a parent, you know, you love and want to protect your kid regardless of, of what reality you live in. Um, and so for me, the, the scariest thing is that they are now vulnerable to judgment, persecution, to discrimination, to just cruelty. I mean, my, my kid is an eighth grader, so middle school is, is brutal as it is. Um, but to your question, the, the thing, it would be really easy inconvenient for us to say oh well you know kids are more accepting these days it'll be fine or things are changing generations are changing but you know i I live in harvard county i'm deeply connected to the baltimore area that's like my cultural home base and uh, the freddie gray situation was really haunting for me because it was the moment in which i realized that oh Actually, my generation's not going to fix things. We're just as fucked up as our parents' generation was, right? There's not enough good in this world that we were able to put into it. And so I think about our kids. And you know what? Just as many of our kids' generation has parents who are assholes who are going to pass that along. And so whereas, you know, perhaps my kids' generation is more accepting, it's not fixed by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And so to to think uh, that, you know, again, this this agenda is being pushed on kids at at a young age is is crazy. Nobody nobody decides to be this way because they think it's going to be fun. Nobody decides to expose themselves to a 
dangerous world because they think that they can get attention or because they're bored. This is the country that just narrowly escaped electing Donald Trump for a second time knowing what it was. This is not a place that people can go to if they are sexually or genderly different. Yeah, and to 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 your point, uh, BJ, about like your sister, like this isn't uh, you're talking about like in you know an outside influence kind of forcing this on children and you know turning them or whatever. Um, this isn't something that's new. Like it's not a new concept. It's been around like as long as man has been around, and we have a name now uh, that we're used per- to it. person. Person, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's just we have we have a name now for it. Or not, we've had a name, but like it's it's more understood on a wider level and it's discussed more in the open. It's, it's I mean, you know, Jake, you kind of sort of connected it to the, the Freddie Gray situation and the whole like Black Lives Matter movement. It's like the same type of thing. These things have been going on. It's just there's more awareness about it now. And, you know, we hope, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant type of thing where more understanding of of an issue can bring about more uh uh i don't know a, a better response and and more more understanding parents and and things yeah. like that and and just creating that better world but we you're right we have a such a long way to go but if sunlight won't fix flow. it maybe bleach, <laughs> maybe bleach. <laughs> so there's a there's a cultural flow in that though man because think about this dude like in 1972 which was fucking almost 50 years ago that that's Ziggy Stardust. That's David Bowie creating right. a character that was the most gender bending pop star mm-hmm. of that particular time. Right? You push that forward fifty fucking years, and it's still something we have to talk about. It's still something we have to make an allowance for. Yeah, right? which goes further but back, still- like with Mozart. Was it Mozart or uh, uh, someone else? I can't remember. That another composer had a similar. Um, yeah, well, it, it's just it I- goes back longer than 50 years but yeah did you just out mozart on our podcast <laughs> i'm not sure who's mozart <laughs> well i, I we have breaking news <laughs> <laughs> mozart bi- is canceled a big thing with that is, is that <laughs> i think like like uh art has a way of sort of prepping society for what's next you know yep so yeah. David Bowie, like, oh, he's just a he's just a, a silly fella. Like Elton John, oh, he's just a flamboyant fucking. What's the piano guy? Uh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. And like, you musicians are so self-important assholes. Oh my you god, don't know it's not our it's not our fault. We're fixing the world. Like it, I, we didn't ask for that job. Says the only guy with guitars in the fucking frame. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that. Wait, no, that was me that said that. One of them's purple and sparkly. I remember that one very well. Oh. We had a night. It was good. Oh, you man. were good, BJ. There were yeah. no pants involved. Thank you, baby. <laughs> so that's that's all I got. All the nuts. And we're approaching J- Jake. Where are we at? I I may is, have turned it off because is it nobody addressed. Minutes? Do I have to talk? <laughs> no. I, I, here here's it. It's no. It's nowhere close. I stopped it. But oh. Christian, I didn't want to put you on the spot because every time that happens, I say, you know, Matt, stop being such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Everybody else says that too. It's cool. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't willing to go there. 
I wasn't willing to go. <laughs> I, I do want to say, though, like, thanks so much for, for letting me run my fucking mouth, which is apparently all I'm good at. You, oh, you're going to do it again. You made the mistake of inviting somebody on that doesn't have an off switch. But, uh, I, you know, I uh, was talking to, to BJ a little while ago about this show, and I think it's interesting because one of the things that, that I, I like about it is, is you guys talk about, you know, we want to have a conversation with nuance. We want to have a conversation in which we acknowledge that the, the, where we come from is not the only place to come from. And it doesn't have the, the monopoly on being right. And I really appreciate that. But I, 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 what I also like about this conversation and, and the, the episodes that I've heard so far is, okay, but so what, right? Where do you go from there? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being magnanimous about wanting to have a conversation with people that don't agree with you or trying to, to understand uh, people that don't agree with you is one thing. But, you know, we, we've just had this really divisive election, which I think, if I remember back to what the hell we were supposed to talk about at the beginning, <laughs> was what we were here for. So, like, we just had this election. We just chatted through two hours of the what. But the so what is what's next, right? So what is next and with every topic that you guys you know take on in these these shows i really appreciate it so thank you for letting me again run my damn mouth our pleasure my friend you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> i wasn't thanking you josh <laughs> <laughs> man uh, we gotta have you back when in happier times when we can all drink together in the same place at the same time I'm sorry, you're assuming that there will be happier times? Hey, there are already yes. happier times. I'm there the fucking optimist. Happy. I thought too, you said too soon you to say had listened to too other soon episodes. Too close to call. Yeah. We're going to have a runoff on whether or not we have happier times. <laughs> Good times runoff. Does this, the, does this end of this episode feel weird to anybody? Like, no, we're not fighting. Nobody's wasted. Like, we're having a completely rational conversation. Speak Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't like it when you guys fight. Wait. Is, I do is look that forward the future? to having Jake Is everything so going to be boring discuss. from here on out with the, the Biden presidency? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's certainly going to start. Oh, this was boring. our this was a Biden episode. We were all very polite to each other and safe. I love it. Oh, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to having Jake back to discuss the future of the Democratic Party and, and our politics without the madman, or at Josh, least have him in the periphery. Now. Josh, I'm going I'm I'm to call you. I'm going to call you offline, and we'll fight about that. Uh, that sounds fair. Different... We also need to have him uh, dictate more episodes for us to have. He already told us yeah. seven that we have Dude, to put together. I'm, I'm such an asshole, BJ. No, I love. I, I loved every one of them. BJ, BJ called me and we, we like worked out a, an outline of, of the things to talk about. And I just, I read, Dude, I'm sorry. BJ, uh, it, BJ, worked, uh, it worked magically. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I haven't done this. There was once. collusion. That was if collusion. I'm on, if I'm on the podcast, I think I'm contractually obligated to say this. Hey, Beach, I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what else? What, I forgot one, one special. Hold on. What's that? Oh, come on. Don't take your pants off now. Wait, wait. Wow, wow, wow. Well, if, so, you were, if you were in the room, Josh, you could have seen his plumber's butt. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, um, Jake also has a podcast because oh, stop. We, hadn't, we hadn't had a Jake on yet, and Jake out-hosted the hosts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right that, out of the gate. to be fair, that wasn't that hard, honestly. Let's, let's, That's fair. On. So you should check out. Uh, I'm nowhere near as beautiful, gentlemen. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I'm not arguing. As I look around the room, I think you're actually the most attractive of the males. <laughs> you, you have Plus hair and, naked, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, which one is not the male? Don't out me on this fucking podcast, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that is a far different episode, gentlemen. <laughs> All right, so if you guys get a second, go check out Bird's Eye View. It's about the Orioles. Am I, am I right on that there? Hey, wait, oh. I gotta get in my voice for this because it's the end of the episode. And if Matt doesn't tell me to go fuck myself, then I'm not gonna have a good time. So Bird's Eye Views yeah, you're a right. podcast about go the Orioles. Fuck yourself. Is that the team that <laughs> plays right up 95 from the World Series champions? That's or the one. That... Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna is, tell me it is kind not. Of it is not. Whoa, 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 hang on, hang on a fucking second. It is not a team that had to be brought in from Canada into no. the territory of another major league baseball. Had to be imported from Cleveland. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. We should do this offline. <laughs> Josh, right. Josh and I, no, can, can, real quick, BJ, I'm so sorry. You can cut the shit out of this. I don't care. Oh, I'll stay for three more hours. I don't give a fuck. Josh, <laughs> I just ran out of shit to say. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me talk to you a second about Josh. So Josh and I met at American University. I, I went to AU, but I lived in Columbia. I didn't, I didn't have the money to live on campus, right? So I went to, went to class. My first day, went, went to class my first day and realized that I left my schedule at home. And I, re, I knew for a fact that my first class was like writing for freshmen or whatever the fuck that is. And I knew what building it was in, but I didn't know what room it was in. So I walked into the building and I looked for the, the youngest, freshest faced, most freshman looking person I could find and walked up and asked him where he was going. And that was Josh. Um, <laughs> Josh w- looked like a baby's ass, um, <laughs> which is tough to imagine now because he looks like covered in guy. shit, yeah. <laughs> crying, weeping. But so, yeah, int- uh, you know, hey, by the way, where are you going right now? Because I'm going to follow you. Uh, and that that started a, a long relationship based on many things, a love of, of common music you know, most of his taste sucks, but he, he likes some good stuff. Um, <laughs> also, uh, a, a respect slash um, enjoyment of a rivalry between Baltimore and D.C. sports that doesn't exist but should. But most important was our living together and the habit of, of me chasing him around the house uh, while he was naked, uh, while I was trying to thumbtack him into submission. And, and gentlemen, if that is not love and friendship, I don't, I don't know what it is. So That's a Josh, solid sign off. <laughs> yes, we can have a discussion about sports offline, but frankly, the memories of thumbtacks will never be. <laughs> You know, well, if we're going to need to rehash 2019, I'm going to need to pick up a newspaper. So that's fair. Oh, <laughs> I got a, I've, I got one more thing from that house that I remember that as you were talking about that house that I missed so much because it was just a fucking place of debauchery, <laughs> including the, there was there was these downstairs neighbors that must have been on the brink. Were there? Of, oh, God, of suicide at all times. We would get phone calls from his parents from fucking the brooms. People Who? go upstairs. The downstairs neighbors? It took us Phone the condo court. Parents. They Yo, took condo us the court. condo court. <laughs> they showed and up the lost. condo. They fucking lost. They took us to the condo court, and Josh and I showed up in suits, and they were not ready for us. They were not ready. We fucking owned them in condo court. It was unbelievable. <laughs> they were unbelievable. adults. They were adults with a baby, and came away looking like the bad people. <laughs> 
And, my, and we were the bad people. To we me. were totally oh, the bad people. Yeah, not we were 100% in the wrong. I think my, we didn't yeah. try. We didn't try. But, you know, downstairs neighbor, if you walk above, like, it sounds like you're, you know, pogo sticking upstairs or whatever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a euphemism? Absolutely. <laughs> Could be. I thought the thumbtacks were a euphemism. So <laughs> no, that was literal. <laughs> my my favorite thing that ever happened in that house is Josh and I were at Sports Authority one time, and we fucking walked to the gun section, right? And there's like like expensive, 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 and there's this pair of handguns at the bottom, and they were like fifteen dollars each. We're like, what are those? And they're like, those are the ones you run around the backyard and shoot your friends with. And we we're like, two. Airsoft. Yeah, Airsoft. Airsoft. Gun. <laughs> So we fucking, we get home, we get back to Josh's house, and as we're climbing the staircase, we're unwrapping the guns and loading them, and we get, by the time we open the door, we like fucking like Rambo, break left and break right, and it's just fucking Vietnam in this place, there's fucking BBs going everywhere, and it ended when I poked my head around the corner, and Josh shot me square between the eyes, right in the, like right at the top of my nose, and I was like, ah! Well, that's that. <laughs> we probably should have had goggles. Oh God! Uh, this was a this, this is home, a house kids. where this was a house where the police came so often that we put a fraternal uh, fraternal order police sticker <laughs> on the door so that when they showed up, they thought we were donors. Oh my yeah, God. they shouldn't have sent that sticker out with the solicitation envelope. That was a bad move on their part. <laughs> all right, all right, Christian. <laughs> Christian, it's been 35 in, in minutes. The, in the new age of Biden. Good night, my fine citizens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cop-out motherfucker. <laughs>